I want me some glory hope. Welcome to the Football Glory Hole Podcast. Whether you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spreaker, SoundCloud, YouTube, or on iHeartRadio, we thank each and every Glory Hole Seeker for tuning in this week. I am your host, Bo Sevis, and I'm joined as always here on the sports patio by my good buddy Longhorn. Longhorn, what's up, buddy? All right, all right. Woo, Bo Cephas, here we go. The first podcast of the season, and I think I can speak for everyone listening when I say that it is so very good to hear the sound of my own voice back on this <laughs> microphone, Bocevas, buddy, I am so pumped and excited for this season and this podcast. I actually have a raging sports boner as we speak. I mean, buddy, you should see it. It is the size of a middle-aged white man. Now, whether you are here for the fun, it's a quest for fun. I'm going to have fun and you're going to have fun. We're all going to have so much fucking fun when we need plastic surgery to remove our goddamn smiles. You'll be whistling symphony doodah out of your assholes. Or you are here for the money. Anybody tells you money's the root of all evil doesn't fucking have any. They say money can't buy happiness. Look at the fucking smile on my face. Ear to ear, baby. You have come to the right place. Two questions for you people. Do you like football? What a stupid question that is. What a stupid question. You ask a lot of stupid questions. My apologies, Mr. President. I'll do better. Do you like money? I'm a big fan of money. I like it. I use it. I have a little. I keep it in a jar on top of my refrigerator. I'd like to put more in that jar. That's where you come in. That's right, Adam Sandler. That's exactly where we come in. And we have weekly, monthly, and yearly packages to fit your needs. Go to our website, thefootballgloryhole.com, and hit us up for those free picks premium picks, and betting strategies so you can bet football the right way, the winning way, the football glory hole way. Y'all know the drill by now. We will make you laugh. (laughs) We will make you cringe. Holy Santa Claus shit. But most of all, baby, we will make you a shit ton of money. Woo! 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 Ow! Love that money! Now, since we are that good and people do love us, we have an additional YouTube show in collaboration with 105.3, the fan in Dallas called The Degenerate, with world-famous R.J. Choppy. Murray, and against Zana, left side, swings this one, Holloway for three, and I set fire to the ring! Watch this Touch your face. And coming this fall, FGH, the football glory hole can be found on the one, the only, DallasCowboys.com. We are super pumped for that uh, adventure and cannot wait for that. Now, with all that business out of the way, welcome, welcome to the world's number one football capping podcast. Bo Cephas, as always, right here on the sports patio, we got the TVs glowing. We got the beer heavily flowing, and right now it is everybody's unfortunate favorite part of the show. My friend, tell the people all about your horrible, fucking disgusting cow beer choice of the week. 
Well, thank you very much there, sir. It is so good to be back for the 2021 mm-hmm. kickoff NFL season. And tonight, I am drinking a canoe paddle from Linen Kugel Brewery out of Chippewa, Wisconsin. I'm sorry I don't speak Spanish. <laughs> I gave this 3.25 stars out of five. Very solid Kolsch beer. Side note right here, uh, Longhorn, do you know what a Kolsch beer is? Is it something that comes from down under? Not quite. Yeah. So Kolsch beer is actually a lighter summer beer that was actually, and I can't believe this, but for the first time ever, I'm going to say this on a podcast and it's not a joke. It was invented by the Germans in 1906. Oh, never. Never heard it. Because they were like, look, I know we all like dark beer at room temperature. But God damn it, it's hot outside, and I just want something light and fucking cold. Mm. But the reason I'm drinking this particular beer tonight isn't just because it's, you know, fuck, it's hotter hotter outside than, you know, the devil's nutsack at a goat fucking contest, I think. Mm-hmm. But it's also because we're going to talk about the Chiefs tonight when we go over the AFC West. And like the Chiefs, the line of Kuku incorporates uh, an Indian Uh-oh. with their logo. Uh-oh. And they are located in Chippewa, which is the home of that tribe. And it reminded me of a story, Longhorn, of the great Chippewa chief who was named Chief Bearass with Hardcock. And he was actually interviewed on his 90th birthday by two white reporters from the local paper. And one reporter asked him bluntly, uh, Hey, chief, You've observed the white man for 90 years. You've seen his wars, his technological advances. You've seen him progress and the damage he's done. Mm -hmm. Chief nodded in agreement. The official continued, the reporter continued, considered all these events, in your opinion, where did the white man go wrong? Well, Chief Bearass with Harcock sat for a second. Mm -hmm. Then he leaned back in his fucking wigwam and he smiled and he said, and I quote, mm-hmm. when white men found land, Indians were running it. No taxes, no debt, plenty buffalo, plenty beaver. Women did all the work, medicine man free. <laughs> Indian men spent all day hunting and fishing, all not having sex. Then the chief smiled again and said, only white man dumb enough to think he could improve system like that. Mm-hmm. So that is the legend and the legacy of Chief Bearass with Hardcock. And Longhorn, I just have to say, I totally agree with the man, and I think that he should run for our next president. Uh, I feel like Chief Grab My Ass and, and Hold Your Cock, whatever, <laughs> whatever his name was, I feel like he left out the part of the story where uh, they used to, like, you know, scalp each other and steal land and, and smash babies' heads in with, with their... Uh, yeah, I feel like, you know... I mean, allegedly to all those things. <laughs> I mean... Okay. The white man, to contrary to popular belief, did not create violence. But moving on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. We're back and we might be canceled. Episode one. Who knows? Yep. It doesn't matter. Never make this it. This is... Our first podcast of 2021, and we're just kidding. We're not going to get fucking canceled because we don't give a fuck. Yeah, Jerry Jones loves racial jokes. Kidding me? Oh, man. Have you seen that video? Anyway, hey, the podcast tonight and for the next four weeks, here's how it's going to go, boys and girls. We're going to go over two divisions 
per week till kickoff. Yeah. Tonight, we're going to go over the West, AFC, and NFC. We're going to give you our predictions on their records, the winners, the losers, and we've got four, and I said four, best bets coming up, baby. And that's how these shows are going to go for the first four weeks of the season. If you've been listening, you already know this shit. If you're new to the podcast, welcome fucking aboard, and I hope you like making money, because that's what we fucking do here, baby. We're going to make you some money, but right now, we got to make some money to do that. Here is this week's sponsor. This week's podcast is sponsored by Amahor.com. Are you single and desperate? Do you want a woman to tell you that you're handsome and that she doesn't care that you earn less than 30k a year and smell like recycled newspaper that was used to pick up dog shit? Well, then we have an exciting and hassle-free service to tell you about. It's Amahor.com. Amahor.com is a revolutionary new service for single men like you to order an escort of your choosing anytime you want. And with Amahor's smart web technology, their website will learn what type of girl you like and make suggestions based on your preferences. Whether you like big tits, fat asses, ebony ladies, that's kind of redundant, big thighs, small necks, big mouths. I mean like fucking Julia Roberts big. Extra large fupas. Gross! Just tell Alexa what kind of girl you want and Amahor.com will deliver your whore du jour within two days with your Amahor Prime membership. Amahor.com also boasts the best return policy in the industry. They honor all returns with free return shipping except for girls with herpes, syphilis, the AIDS, crabs, fucking chlamydia, genital warts, scabies, or gonorrhea. Just visit Amahor.com and enter our code word glory hole for 10% off your first strumpet fucking experience. That's Amahor.com code word glory hole for 10% off that paid for vagina. One more time, Amahor.com code word glory hole. Yeah, damn long around, I tell you, uh, that Amahor sounds like a hell of a product. <laughs> I know that you've used it recently. Uh, I know, and I don't want to, you know, tell tales out of school, but uh, you and the twelfth wife, the Dirty Dozen, uh, didn't go well uh, over the off season. So I think you know she left and took your toothbrush or some shit like that. And uh, I don't know how that all went in, but you know, I know that you've used them recently. So maybe a quick testimonial for our our, our newest sponsor here. Well, let me just say that Amahor has a really good return policy. So when, <laughs> when, it, when, it, when your whore goes bad, you get to send it back and they will give you a full <laughs> refund. There's no questions asked. Just return that whore, throw a stamp on it. It'll. Who cares where it goes? It's a whore. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it's time! Oh my god! Okay, it's happening! Stay f***ing calm! What do you think is happening right now? What's happening over here? Excuse me, what is happening here? What is happening? What the fuck just happened? Oh, you know what's happening. It's time for all those wins coming in the air tonight, baby! Man, oh man, Longhorn, my nipples couldn't be fucking harder right now with that new fire intro we got for In the Air Tonight, baby. God damn, that is some good fucking shit. The boys down in the fucking basement worked on that shit for us, and they knocked it the fuck out. Yeah, when you hear those bells, it is go time, baby. 
It is fucking go time. Right now, it's go time for the AFC West. We're going to go all the, all the teams, records, winners, losers, and at the end, it's best bet time, baby. Right now, though, Longhorn, individually, we're going to go over each team, and we're going to start with those Denver Broncos. They were 5-11 and last year. How did they win five? It's a miracle. <laughs> In 2021, their over-under is 8.5. That is a huge upgrade from Vegas. And Longhorn, I think you and I are have a huge disagreement Right out of the fucking gate. Oh, are we? Because I, I mean, I, I love this roster as as a whole. So I, I don't know what yours, I don't know what you're gonna say about it. But um, <clears throat> like to me, this to me, this is the, this is the Tampa Bay of last year. We all, you know, we talked about it last year. How I got that that um, plus five thousand dollar ticket on Tampa before Tom Brady signed. It obviously cashed that in. It was a big, big winner for us. But nailed that shit. Yeah. Well, and I and I, you know, we tried with this year with Denver also because there were all the rumors of, um, uh, you know, AA Ron Rogers, AA Ron, and you know there was even some other really good quarterbacks that were talking about getting uh, Watson. Yeah, wanting to trade teams. So this is the type of team. This is the type of roster that is simply a. A plus quarterback away from from being a Super Bowl roster. Um, when I look up and down it, there are no glaring weaknesses of any unit. You know the receivers stacked and young. The offensive line they have put so much assets into this offensive line, including this year drafting uh, homeboy Quinn Miners, who is that D three just uh, lumberjack Rocky four workout warrior. Um, I mean, they, and they spent. They spent a high, two high picks last year on it. I mean, they they've invested so much in the offensive line. It should all come together. Of course, they drafted Javante Williams this year, who I think has a good shot to be rookie of the year. The running back out of North Carolina. They are simply stacked on offense, ready to go. Noah Fant uh, at at tight end. Uh, it's simply lacking the quarterback. And then even when you go to the defense. It's just loaded with first, second, third round picks over the last four or five years. They've got Von Miller coming back. Hopefully, he can be healthy. Bradley Chubb. Hopefully, he can be that other other pass rusher on the other side. I I just I mean both teams. I don't see a weakness besides obviously the quarterback. I would obviously we missed the boat this year because they're not going to get another quarterback as far as we know, as far as we can tell as of the recording of this. However, this is the, this is the type of roster that as soon as, as soon as it's available next year. Uh, you look at some of the quarterbacks that might be available next year. Watson, who knows? Maybe he'll still be available. You got a Matt Ryan, maybe the maybe a Derek Carr. Th- these are the type of quarterbacks that if they get implanted into this awesome roster, it could be scary for for the right quarterback. So, um, I, I, remind me, are we doing records now, or how do how are we want to do this? Yeah, you can get the record, and then we'll recap at the end. Okay, because I mean, uh, I really. I really don't like Drew Locke at all, and unfortunately, Teddy Bridgewater has shown that he's he's kind of injured his way into you know not not much of a quarterback either. Um, this is a this is a ten and seven roster with a seven and ten quarterback. So why don't I just split the difference, give him the benefit of the doubt, and call it a what is it? What is it with nine? I, I hate these new records. Nine and eight. Okay, yeah, nine and eight. Nine and eight. Well, that would be a four-game improvement over last year and a pretty big jump of win percentage, which is what we have to base everything off of now because of the fucking 17-game season 
Thank you very much, uh, NFL, for making <laughs> us do extra fucking math. Sucks. Uh, here's where I'm at with this team. Teddy Ridgewater should win that starting job. There's no doubt about it. And according to our power rankings, he's worth about one and a half more points per game than Drew Locke. Which, you know, Vegas reflected that increase in the over-under total from last year. It was uh, seven and a half. Now it's eight and a half. So that basically got baked into that. But from what they performed last year, that puts them at six and a half wins. They went under for four straight years because their roster has been so good for so long. And they keep thinking they've got the quarterback to figure it out. But now you want me to think that they're going to go over a total that was a game above last year's expectations when the only thing that's changed is you've got a quarterback worth one and a half more points? I don't think so. Denver had the 30th ranked DVOA offense. They're returning nine starters. And again, your only improvement is a guy that's worth one and a half more points. Denver had the 13th ranked DVOA defense. That's that's above average. Once you get above average, we've proven that defense, once you're above average, does not matter. From that point, you could be 14th or you could be number two. It's really not that big a difference when it comes to wins and losses. You just got to be above average. The only upgrade that I see, and this could be a significant one, is they were dead last in turnover margin last year, which is largely random. So they might not be a ton better, but they could get quite a bit better because they're not going to be dead last in turnovers because you can't be that unlucky two years in a row. So I'll give them a full win upgrade for that. That puts them at seven and a half wins if you add the one and a half wins on top of their five last year. I'll give them another half just for, you know, whatever, just for, I guess. eight. So eight and nine. Eight and nine is what I'm staring at right now, and that's going to go under their eight and a half. If you look at their power rankings – that puts them, and for our preseason power, that puts them to 34% on average win percentage percentile. Now, the top of that range is 44%, which would be just under eight wins. So I'm giving them every benefit of the doubt. And at the end of the day, they're going to go into the season total. Actually, I'll probably go 7-10. and 10. Okay. Uh, I would like to do it live right now and adjust mine to 8-9. and nine. And I also say, you know, you didn't uh, mention, uh, which I don't know how you missed this. You're so good at rosters, but their biggest loss I saw was Jake Butt is no longer <laughs> with the team. So, yeah, not was, sure how you missed that one, there, fucking roster guy. That's actually an inside joke that about three people know about. <laughs> uh, was he ever really with them? I know he was with the team for five years. I don't know if he ever played, but. Uh, R.I.P. Jake Butt, may you never, ever show your face again in Denver. Um, I will say, as we're going forward, we'll kind of talk about teams that I just admittedly get probably a little overexcited for when they build rosters the right way. And then, of course, there are other teams, and we'll mention them, that just I have no clue what the fuck they're doing. doesn't appear that they do either. Um, but this is one of those teams that, there's probably a reason I was a little high on them because you just look at their roster. It's like, how the fuck do they have all of these high draft Let's, picks? It's not right. just you. I mean, Vegas, I mean, Vegas. So just real quick, to, and we'll put a bow on this. 2017, their overrunner was eight and a half under. 2018, seven and a half under. 2019, seven under. 2020, <laughs> seven and a half. They went up a half a game somehow under. 
Now they're up a whole game from that. Like, Vegas does the same thing because they see what you're seeing. John it's Elway, a great football team. Get a fucking quarterback, for God's sakes, man. Uh, how did you fucking not get – how did you not get Tom Brady on that team? How did that not happen? I don't know. I don't either. But we're going to move on to the defending first losing, first losers of the National Football League. And those are – those aforementioned in our beer story history lesson, Kansas City Chiefs, they were 14 and fucking two last year. They're over under in Vegas this year is 11 and a half. Vegas is clearly expecting a downgrade and a Super Bowl hangover. Longhorn, what are your thoughts on the Chiefs? Honestly, I'm tired of talking about the Chiefs. I feel like we talk to Chiefs all the time, but. Well, they're really fucking good. They are really good. There's no doubt. But I will say that when I look at this team, I mean, we all there's no that's not even waste time going over all the skill positions and all the, and the quarterback. We everybody knows that. When I look at this team, and we talked about it during the Super Bowl, it's what cashed those tickets for us. Is we called that game perfectly. Their Achilles' heel, the only thing that can that can derail this team is that offensive line and. Although they have done a lot of effort and work in the offseason to revamp this offensive line, and on the left side, it's going to be fantastic with Orlando Brown and Joe Tooney. Fantastic. Left side, as strong as any team in the league. However, from center to right, talented but young and inexperienced. Because as as of right now, Creed Humphrey, the rookie second-round pick out of Oklahoma, is slated to start. He is winning that battle over Austin Blythe that they brought in from, from the Rams. And, at kind of a surprise, Trey Smith, the sixth-round guard from Tennessee, who was like the number one high school offensive lineman when he went to Tennessee, um, dominated at guard his freshman season there. They moved into tackle, and he struggled, 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 which explains why he fell to the sixth round. Now he's back at guard. Um, so he's actually winning that battle over uh, Tardif Dovenay or however you say his name. So they're they're looking like having two rookies start at center and right guard. And Mike Rimmers, who uh, was slated to start, he just got a back injury. So st- uh, who's going to fill in for him is going to be Lucas Nyang, who is the he's technically a second year player, but he he sat out last year with COVID, so he's technically a rookie also. So from center, right guard, right tackle, you got three people who have never played in the NFL, uh, that's got to make you a little nervous um, when you're when you're Patrick Mahomes. And, and we all know he has a tendency to bail and run and, and do some things that are kind of get him in trouble. So if anything can derail this team, it will be that shaky young offensive line. And I think all those players will be great. Don't get me wrong. With time, they will all be great. But they will be rookies, and we'll see how that goes. Now, if you go to the defense, the I don't, I don't see the pass rush, Bo Stevens. I see, I see three defensive tackles, and very little, pe- very few people who can get around the edge. Lots uh, of fatties. Yeah, um, you're not gonna be able to run on them. I can tell you that right now. Like you won't be able to run on Kansas City, but will they be able to get to the quarterback consistently enough to cause pressure? I don't know. And what's that? What that's gonna do to me is it's gonna take this above average secondary, and it's gonna kind of expose them a little bit. They brought in some new people, Mike Hughes. Um, and um, uh, yeah, that's pretty much the only one that's going to get some significant playing time. But 
It's about the same as it was last year, so I expect them to be solid as long as there's a pass rush. If not, they could be exposed. Now, in the middle, they got Willie Gay Jr., second-round guy out of uh, Mississippi State, and they drafted Nick Bolton in the second round this year. So young but good and athletic at, at the linebacker spot. But the offensive line and the pass rush, that is going to be, for me, what keeps this Kansas City Chief team, the defending Super Bowl or AFC champions from winning this division. That's right. I said it. They're not going to win the division. Woo! Hot take there. Hot take there. Um, Record. Let's see. Record. Let's see. Um, 12 and a half is what it said at? 11 and a half. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. Give me, give me 11 and what's that come out to? Six. Six. Yep. 11 and six. All right. Well, uh, so Vegas obviously expecting a slight downgrade. I liked your point about the offensive line. It reminded me, and I started looking up uh, the stat that we found and we pulled out for our Super Bowl um, handicap was Mahomes' record with and without uh, Fisher, the left tackle, Mm -hmm. who was obviously gone. And with Fisher as his left tackle, straight up, 28 games in Mahomes' career, he's 27 and 1 straight up. Right. Without him, he's 3 and 4. So he goes from 98, uh, no, sorry, 96.4% winning, just winning games, to less than 50%, which means he has to have an all pro left tackle. Which he does. To be successful so far in his career. They did replace Fisher. We'll see if it. If it comes together, and to go back to our point uh, on preseason about betting uh, future odds on Super Bowl winners, this is why you don't want to bet Kansas City right now. Plus, what are they like five, four hundred, five hundred, something like that? Too high. You, or too you don't want to do that because this offensive line is going to take a little time to come together, and and Kansas City has got a very, very, very tough early schedule. They opened up against the Browns at Baltimore and versus the Chargers. Mm-hmm. First three games. So oh, you so. don't really want to bet them early because this offensive line is going to take a little bit of time to come together in jail. And like you said, when Mahomes doesn't have a stable offensive line in front of him, he tends to go a little fuck. you know, that tech tart comes back out in him. And he goes a little <laughs> Tebow on us like he did in the Super Bowl. Yeah. And starts running in circles back there. And, you know, he's special enough to pull shit off, and that's what he does, but... You can't do that every fucking Sunday. So if that's if that's the rule instead of the exception, it's not going to be very good. So if you're a Kansas City fan and you just want to put in a ticket, um, on Super Bowl ticket, I would slow play them until you know wait wait three four weeks. They might be sitting at two and two, you know two and three. Who knows who knows what you and you're going to get exponentially more value on a Super Bowl ticket if they're sitting two and three. And uh, you know, one, and the other teams have a, have I mean, a one, the, or, one or two game the, lead on them. They've got two what I would call gimme games in the first one, two, three, four, five. One, two, three, four, five, six games. They play Philadelphia and and the Washington Football People. Those are the worst two teams they play. Other than that, they play Cleveland, Baltimore, Chargers, and Buffalo. Oh my gosh, that is a it's lot a, of good passes. It's a murderer's row young up front. Line. Yeah. So again, just wait. If you and I'm and I'm not telling you not to bet Kansas City to win the Super Bowl, they absolutely can. And if you look, we did a whole podcast on 
Super Bowl losers, and you know, there's always a stigma. Oh, the loser, you know, they have a terrible year the next year. Well, about half the time that is true. However, the half time it's not true is when those teams, and this is very, very, uh, there is no exception to this rule. They have to have a legit Pro Bowl, Pro Bowl quarterback. When they do, they do just fine. And guess what? They got the best quarterback in the NFL, so they're gonna be okay. Yeah. And he's just now entering his prime. Now they do need to upgrade their defense, Longhorn, like you mentioned. They finished 22 in DVOA last year, so that is not what's going to get it done to win your Super Bowl. We did another study on that. You got to be at least league average, so 16 or better in the modern NFL. You don't have to be great, but you got to be decent. You can't be bad, and they were bad last year, so they got to get better than that. And like you said, I'm not sure they do. They did lose uh, Bashad Breeland who was one of the heroes of the first Super Bowl that they won. Mm -hmm. He's been a solid player for them. He's gone. Uh, They had the number two DVOA offense behind Mahomes, which is not surprising. And offense weighs, you know, about two to one versus defense in the modern NFL. So I know they're going to be fine. I know they're going to win the football games. Our preseason power rankings put them in about the 71% win percentage category, which has them slightly over the 11.5. And it, but it's still a huge downgrade from their 87% win percentage the year before. But if you look at their Pythagorean theorem projection from last year, they should have been at the 77% win percentage category. So I'm going to split the difference on them and say they go 12 and 5 and just slightly over. Like it. All right, moving on. It is the former San Diego, but now officially Los Angeles Chargers. Last year they went seven and nine. Not too bad. Vegas over under this year is of nine. Longhorn, your boy Herbert is trying to take them to new heights. What you think? <laughs> yeah, and um, obviously when I put that little nugget out there that I didn't think the Chiefs were winning this division, clearly. The other Raiders. Op- you think the Raiders are winning? Yeah, you know what? I'm saying back into the Raiders. You got it. <laughs> no, my division champs and and my my first best bet on this podcast is going to be the the Chargers of LA to win this division. You can get them at plus four fifty. That's what I saw them out saw them at today. Um, I just when I look at the roster, much like Denver, I don't see a glaring weakness in any unit, um, but. Not like Denver, they actually have the dude at quarterback. So it's it's just a value play for me. Um, I'm going to sprinkle in. It's not an official bet, but if you want to sprinkle in a little Herbert MVP, you can get that at plus 1550. If he beats out Mahomes for this division, uh, in you know, and and has one of the better records in the AFC going into the playoffs, he's going to be one of the front runners for that MVP. So I I see no reason why not to take him. Lamar Jackson won MVP in his second year starting, so there is a precedent for it. Um, again, there, I, I don't see a weakness. They they obviously drafted Rashawn Slater, who reportedly in camp is just role-grading people. They brought in Corey Lindsey at the center position, all-pro center. They got Balaga at right tackle. They brought in a, a guard from Pittsburgh who's steady. They just, they've, they've revamped their true truly only weakness from last year, the offensive line. Brought in Jared Cook at tight end. He'll be fine. Um, you know, the receivers legit running backs, legit. The defensive line is legit on the inside and the outside. They got the pass rush and the run stuffers. Um, 
they're a little. I'd like them to be a little better at at the at the ILB positions. But Kenneth Murray going to his second year out of out of Oklahoma should take a big step up. Um, and the secondary, my gosh, you know they brought in Chris Harris from Denver. It was already pretty much loaded. They brought, they drafted Asante Samuel, who many people thought was a first round cornerback. They got him in the second round. Of course, Derwin James, he's the wild card. If that dude can come back and play like an all pro, which I have no doubts that he will. Man, this is I just I love this team and and the coach. I have no idea that that's Candy Coach. We don't. I wish we knew, but we don't. We'll all find out together during the season. But I tell you what, it can't get any worse than that shit show that was going on last year with some of the coaching decisions. So, L.A. Chargers, best bet to win the division, plus 450. Sprinkle some Herbert MVP at plus 1550. I love it. All right, well, I thought Denver was going to be our big disagreement. Turns out it's going to be the Chargers. Oh, no. Now, this is the team that I'll admit I could be totally wrong about. Um you know, they had some very tough luck losses last year. But if you look at the where the Pythagorean Theorem put them, it is exactly where our power ranking ended them within five one-thousandths of a point. Because that's how good we fucking are. So they are who they were, right? They won seven games. They should have won seven games. But this is one of those teams I think makes a big jump. But is it big enough? I just can't see it. Even if we upgrade them a full point, which I think that we should, that puts them in our power ranking in the 43% win percentage bracket, historically, which leaves them around seven and a half wins. Now, give them another half win or even a win and a half, you're getting a push at best at those nine wins. They could win double-digit games for sure, or they could end up at seven. It's one of the, it's gonna, They're going to be one of those go-either-way teams for sure. They're right there on the edge. But Herbert's in his second season, which is generally where you see some regression from some of these quarterbacks. People get film on them, and they start to figure out what they do well, and they take that away from them. And this is going to be his first real taste of road games in the NFL since he did not play in front of crowds last year because they did not start allowing crowds until the playoffs, which obviously they did not make. Now, they were 15th in DVOA last year on offense. I think that should improve, hence the upgrade. But they were 20th on defense, and they were returning nine starters, which means they're basically going to be the same. Maybe they crawl to that average, maybe. But they got a first-year head coach, like you said, a quarterback with a likely regression. I do like them to improve on the 7-9. and nine. I just don't think it's a big jump. I'm leaning more towards 8-9 and nine for the season total for them. Mm, yeah, you're right. This is our big disagreement. Um, I just – I put way more stock into the offensive line. I think that can change your entire team. Um, you know, could be wrong. We'll see. But eight and nine is what you said. Yeah, which is, I mean, that's a that's a good upgrade for them. Yeah, honestly, and that's fine. I'm. I mean, if you if you think that's a good upgrade, then I'm I'm going to give them twelve and five, and you can just and and that's that's what it is. Well, I mean, if you look at seven and nine win percentage wise, I mean. That I mean, what is that? Ninety percent, forty-three. Yeah, forty-four percent, which is exactly where our, our preseason power rankings land them at. But I'm I'm saying our power rankings are probably a little bit low on them, so I'm bumping them up, right into the forty-seven percent win percentage. So that's that's a four percent upgrade, even over what our numbers say. Like I'm going against the numbers too. I think they're going to be better than what the numbers think they're going to be. 
But like I said, our numbers were right on. But if you ask anybody, any Chargers fan last year, I guess, oh, if we just did this, oh, if we just did that, we had this loss, we had that loss, we could have easily won eight, nine, ten games. No, no, you didn't. You should have won seven because that's the way you performed. So you were literally exactly what you what you said, what you were supposed to be. And if you look at Vegas' expectations of them last year, it was eight wins. So that's 44%. They finished under that. Now it's nine wins at 53%. Maybe they get there. Maybe. But that's a pretty big jump for a first-year head coach and a second-year quarterback facing his first set of road games with a defense that just, quite frankly, isn't going to be very good. Oh, man. Well, all right. That. I just remember watching the coach last year. I mean, unless two guys make them jump from 20 to, you know, 16, 14, somewhere around in there, then they got a shot. What? I mean, yeah, two, three, an all pro and two solid corners can do that. Well, they're returning nine as far as going into camp. Now, whoever wins or whatever, but. Yeah, I'm counting Asante Samuel to win win one of those jobs and, and be one of the five or, you know, five secondary players, but. I mean, the coach just – I remember last year just watching this dude and it seemed like three, four times, five times in the season just at the end of the game. He doesn't – he yeah. had no clue what it was se- going It on. seemed like he cost them wins, and you and I have many dialogue about it, like this guy's got to fucking go. It seemed like he cost them many wins, but in essence he really didn't. Like they performed exactly the way they should have. So which, which is impressive with a rookie quarterback because usually if you – you know, kind of cost your team at least chances to win games with a rookie quarterback. You got no fucking shot, and he performed exactly the way the team should have performed. So, well, that that's I mean, that's encouraging too. Well, performed as in what? What they were expected to do before the season with Tyrod Taylor starting? No, no, no. Like as as the season bore out, what the Pythagorean theorem at the end of the season said: Hey, you should have won X amount of games. It said you should have won seven games, and they won seven games. They literally were right on the number in our power rankings. We're within five one one thousandths of a point of what that said. So we had them ranked right. The Pythagorean theorem had them ranked right. They were just that they were seven win team. Yeah, their offensive line was bad. So we'll see. We'll see what happens this year. All right, we're gonna move on. Last team in the division, and it is our Las Vegas Raiders. Longhorn. They were eight and eight last year. Just the fucking measure of disappointment. And their over-under this year is only seven, and that's out of 17. That is a huge fucking downgrade from Vegas to Vegas. <laughs> what you got on our Raiders? Um, much like I said, there's plenty of teams that I get overexcited for because they do build rosters the correct way. This is a team that I don't even like talking about because they don't build the <laughs> roster the right way. This is just a mess. When I look at their roster up and down, there's no plan. There's no consistency. There's no vision. Players don't mesh together right. They draft some players that I really like, and then they follow it up with players that I really don't like. Um, it's kind of like the good and the bad with this team. I mean, now, Henry Ruggs in the first round two years ago, that was a what, what the hell – but then they followed up in the third round with Brian Edwards, a South Carolina, South Carolina receiver who I love. And they're both slated to start this year. It's like, man, you're always, they're always half right. They're always doing things half right. 
they they let Maurice Hurst walk just you know for for just nothing basically and have no plan to fill him. Their defensive line looks like one of the worst I've seen. I don't know how they get any sacks this year. I don't know how they stop the run or get sacks. It's going to be a mess. But then they back it up and they draft they draft uh, Trevon Morig out of TCU, the safety. Divine Diablo, the safety slash linebacker out of Virginia Tech. Two awesome picks. But then, but then they're taking the place of like Jonathan Abrams who was a first-round safety two years ago, and Damon Arnett, a first-round corner from a year ago. It's like they can't – It's much like the, they're like the Cowboys of the AFC. They, they, they can't just have a plan and stick to it, have a vision. They're always chasing their tail, which is why they're never really good unless they happen to catch lightning in a bottle one year. Um, you know, and even the awesome players like Darren Waller, they just that just falls into their lap. They did. It's not like they did anything good with that. He just happened to pop at the right time and the, and and be with them when it happened. Um, I just hate the roster, hate the direction, hate the vision. I, how the fuck did they win eight games? I have no clue how they won eight games. Maybe Derek Carr is better than we think. Um, I, I think this is a five and twelve team, Bosevas. I. I you know, the, even the stadium. We went to Vegas uh, a, a month or two ago. Even the stadium is good and bad. It's this awesome, beautiful black stadium in the hot sun of Vegas. And then it's got this weird white striping around it that just, it's like, why is that there? If you just, if you just didn't have that, it'd be a beautiful stadium. But you got these weird white lines are all around it. So I don't like anything about Vegas right now. Besides the GM who gets thrown under the bus for for some of these horrible picks that uh, clearly the coach is making, and I think that you've got some stuff on that going forward. Yeah, we're in total agreement on this one. So our Good. boy Chucky. Uh, so here's the thing: if anybody remembers, he traded Amari Cooper to the Cowboys. Yeah. Here is what that trade has turned into. Can't wait. With the first round pick, he selected Jonathan Abram. You mentioned he's mm-hmm. played just 14 games in his NFL career and graded out at as PFF's worst safety in the league last year. But he's the best looking black guy in a cowboy hat in the NFL. That's up for debate, but yeah, I'll go with you. <laughs> he had the second most penalties in the NFL and allowed five touchdowns last year. Whoops. The Raiders then paid Tyrell Williams a free agency to replace Mark Cooper. They paid him $21 million for 42 receptions before cutting him earlier this year. They also traded a third-round pick for Antonio Brown, who never played a single snap for the team. And after they had poor wide receiver play in 2019, the Raiders did use the number 12 pick on Henry Ruggs. So, since letting Amari Cooper go, the Raiders have used a number 12 pick a third-round pick, and $21 million in cap space to replace Amari Cooper. And that doesn't even mention all the other investments. Like, they traded a third-round pick for Martavius Bryant, no longer with the team. Trading a fifth-round pick for Zay Jones. I don't think he's with the team. They traded for Trevor Davis, and they drafted Brian Edwards in the third round, which it looks like he might work out early in camp. He's looking really good. But they've done all of those moves, all of them, to replace the one guy that they already fucking had, who's done nothing but come to Dallas and had, what, one, two, three straight 1,000-yard seasons? Mm. So you had that dude on your team, could have just kept him, and said you traded him 
for a, basically, essentially for the safety that's not going to play anymore and was the worst safety in the league last year and to make all these other moves and spend another first-round pick on a guy that may or may not work out for a dude that you already fucking had. Has anybody anyway. seen my friend Antonio Bryant? <laughs> <laughs> the over-under trend for the Raiders goes as such. 2017 under, 2018 under, 19 over, 20 over. Now, they outperformed, Longhorn, you mentioned you don't know how they won eight games. They outperformed not only our power rankings, but also the, the Pythagorean theorem from a total wins expectancy. And you and I know that is the type of shit that does not repeat itself at all. And Vegas knows it too. They returned nine starters on a defense that ranked 28th last year on DVOA defense and nine starters on offense that ranked 14th. So I don't see much relief or improvement. This preseason power ranking, our new preseason power ranking for them, lands them in the 37% win uh, percentage bracket historically. I'm going to go a step ahead of you. I'll go 6-11, and 11, but obviously way under the total. So now, division recap for this division. Longhorn, here are my records in order. I've got Kansas City 12-5, the Chargers 8-9, Denver 7-9, Las Vegas six and eleven. What's yours? Mm. You see, I didn't do my homework and write these down, but off memory, I've got the Chargers at twelve and five, the Kansas City Chiefs at eleven and six, Denver. I think I downgraded them to eight and nine, and then five and twelve for those Las Vegas Raiders. All right, sounds good. We're moving on to the NFC West and the first place we're stopping oh it's one of our favorites it's one of our favorites we're gonna check in on coach bro and our favorite circus midget those arizona cardinals longhorn last year they went eight and eight their over under this year is eight and a half longhorn i think this is the last stand and it's not really a very high one for Coach Bro and the uh, Circus Midget, so what do you think about the Cardinals going into this year? <laughs> well, okay, so, again, a confusing roster build. Actually, even more confusing than than the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, not sure they have a plan along the same lines. Coach Bro, like you said, we, we're not sure how. But I will say this. When I actually dug into the roster – it wasn't as bad as I thought that it was at first glance. Um, there are there are some talent on this damn roster, like like up and down. Now again, does it does it does it blend together well? Not exactly. Does it does it seem like they really have a good sense of what they're doing? Ah, not exactly. But but I guess the pound for pound talent, not as bad as I thought. Now the you know. I don't expect much from A.J. Green. Anybody that does, I think you're fooling yourself. But even without A.J. Green, you still got you still got Hopkins, Christian Kirk, and Rondell Moore. I freaking love that kid out of Purdue, the second-round draft pick they just got. That dude is uncoverable. And in this quick pace offense, I think he is going to be an extreme weapon for them. Um, so the weapons are good there. You know, running backs in this system, you know, they're, they're just there to get four – four and a half yards to carry doesn't really matter the offensive line it, it ain't pretty i mean they did get rodney hudson who is an upgraded center for them uh from from the raiders 
If they plug in Josh Jones, a uh, second-year player that they got from Houston, he's a tackle, but the, the only spot I see for him, if he can take Kelvin Beecham's spot at right tackle, then he can't. I would also plug him in at right guard. And you don't have an awful-looking offensive line there. Not as bad as I thought when I first saw it. So if, if that does work out, and I'm saying a lot of ifs, and that usually gets you in trouble, but if that all comes together – there's some good toys to play with here for Kyler Murray, and he, he should get some decent protection there. Now, when you go to the defense, this is just a hodgepodge of what the fuck. I mean, you've got you've got Zayvon Collins slotted to start at inside linebacker. Last time I heard, he was up to 265, 270. I, I'm sorry. like It's the reason I was out on him going into the draft because I thought he was bulking up to play defensive end for somebody or outside linebacker for somebody. He slated to start next to Isaiah Simmons, the first-round pick a year ago out of Clemson, who's, I don't know, 6'4 and 240 pounds, runs a 4'3", 40. Sounds great on paper, but that dude was completely fucking lost last year. Had no clue where he was going. Had a horrible PFF grade because he just doesn't know what to do with all that speed and all that size yet. But can that, can that come together and work out? Sure. A lot of things can happen. But, you know, with Chandler Jones, J.J. Watt, Zach Allen, uh, they got – Lecky Fotu, run stuffer, on paper, that looks good. Is Chandler Jones going to be there? Are they going to trade him? Who knows? But again, on paper, looks better than I thought at first glance. Secondary, it's a hodgepodge of mismatch, uh, you know, you know, uh, corners and safeties who don't necessarily fit where they're going to play him. But Buda Baker is a, is a complete stud. So, you know, both Sivas, it's I wanted to trash them, I, but – there is good talent on this roster, and they do have Vance Joseph at defensive coordinator. And if anybody can put this mess together on defense, it will be him. Um, what What is the Vegas over under for this team? It is eight and a half. Eight and a half. I am going to give them respect and just do slightly under and put them at eight and nine because I do recognize the talent. I just don't think it's. I don't think they're going to pull it off. But I do recognize that they're they're doing a good job of bringing us some good talent. All right, I thought we were gonna go. Uh, I thought we were gonna go sideways again there for a second, but we ended up pretty close to the same. So, uh, you say good job bringing talent? Well, not in the first round because Coach Bro has been a disaster, which is exactly what we thought he would be. In mm-hmm. team building wise, their last five first round picks goes as such. Uh, last year, Isaiah Simmons. Yeah, he was a backup. Uh, 2019, Kyler Murray. He does play. 2018, Josh Rosen. Mm. Uh, 2017, Hassan Reddick. Yeah, he don't play for them. 2016. He can play, he can play though. He's, he's, he's a good player. But he doesn't play for the team that drafted from the first round with a 13th overall pick. So no, no, he does not. Bad. And 2016, Robert N. Whatever the fuck his name was. And that's not all Coach Bro. I'm not saying that. All I'm saying is the people that hired Coach Bro did make all those picks, and they ain't good. You talking about MDJ? Is that, is that, was that the MDJ? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I remember him. Yeah, I remember him too. Man. All right. So Coach Bro is supposed to be an offensive guru. Newsflash, he ain't. The offense is regressing horribly. Uh-oh. They were 13th in DVOA. In the midgets rookie year and dropped to 19th last year and that's after adding the best receiver in all of the fucking nfl 
So now they're below average, which is exactly what happened to him at Tech. He started off gangbusters <laughs> and then regressed because everybody figures that Mickey Mouse shit out, Uh-oh. and they already have. Now, Vance Joseph, you mentioned him. He made some really good strides there last year. They finished 10th DVOA last year. That's actually what carried that football team was a defense. Mm-hmm. But just like we've demonstrated and already said, once you get above average, it's incremental improvement on defense it really doesn't matter anymore. So it doesn't it means little to nothing to win a football game once you achieve that level. They've lost several of their best players like you mentioned on defense. Their secondary looks like shit. So in other words, they're not going to get a better record by improving on that side of the ball which they're probably not anyway without Peterson. So, you know, they might be around the same which means which means nothing. They finished with an 8 one-hundredths of a point of our power ranking from the from the Pythagorean theorem projection which means they did what they were supposed to do, which got them to 500. So slight downgrade for me this year. I think, like you said, overall, they do have a lot of talent, but I do have them finishing 8-9 and nine as well. And the bottom line is this. Coach Bro is 3-9 and nine in his division and gets his ass whipped by superior coaching, you know, and admittedly probably it's probably the best coach division in football, so I'm not saying he's not – you know, not deserve to be over his skis, but he definitely is over his skis. But if Belichick, the great ones, Reed, uh, Parcells have taught us anything, it's that you have to win your division first, which you mentioned Kansas City earlier. Got a bunch of big fat fatties to stop the run. Well, guess what? Because they got Baltimore, and that's all they can fucking do is run the ball. The greatest coaches know you've got to win your division, and he's got little to no shot to win this division. So they're fucked. He's fucked. He might get fired and then end up being the commissioner because this dude fails up like nobody I've ever fucking seen in my life. I mean, is he planning on running like a five-wide offense? Because you've got Ron Oop-de-oop. Oop-de-fucking-oop. <laughs> He's going to run the oop-de-oop because you got Ron Moore second round. Andy Isabel second round. Obviously traded and gave up shit ton for Hopkins. They got A.J. Green. Christian Kirk second round. Like, you've got all these second round, first round, trade, big money, all in just the receiving court. You can only start, for the most part, three at a time. Maybe he's going to try to start four most of the time. Hell, maybe even five and, and truly run that oop-to-oop. And I am I can't wait to fucking see it. I love a shit show. Yeah, the guy's a fucking idiot. I don't know how he's felt up so far, but God bless him that he has. And I hope that he has a good experience and stint as our new NFL commissioner, baby. Fucking Ray-Bans for all. <laughs> all right, moving on. Those L.A. Rams. They were 10-6 and six last year. They got an over-under of 10.5 this year. So Vegas is confusing me a little bit on this one. But uh, Longhorn, they got a new quarterback. What do you think about uh, Stafford? Can he lead them to the promised land? I mean, obviously the story of this team is the quarterback. Um and the weapons that he's going to have at his disposal with Woods and Cup and Van Jefferson should be much improved second-year player out of Florida. And Deshaun Jackson, that's just a, that's a nasty combo of receivers. Higby's a serviceable tight end. The offensive line, um, th- this is what shocked me a little bit, and this this is why we keep doing my um, – my, um, I don't have them winning the division is what I'm trying to say. Their offensive line, I don't think that it's good enough to win this division simply because of one of the other teams just has a you know top two top three offensive line and just overall better roster but 
it's it's respectable. It's good enough to, to put up some some good numbers, and uh, I do respect the the coach McVay. He, he's a he's a great coach. But this offense and his offense is built on a power running game, and the loss of Cam Akers is going to be huge for this team, especially if the offensive line is not quite what it has been in the past. Um, now, at the time of this recording, they don't necessarily have a planet running back there's a bunch of jags back there i do expect at some point in this offseason for them to make a trade and bring somebody in that can um you know at least try to fill that void of cam makers um but as of right now they don't now on defense they they return nine guys i believe from a pretty good defense but look i just i don't believe in it i i which you know you'll tell me how that's when you do all your numbers and your in your crunching and your and your Pythagorean theory and all that crap, you'll tell me. But I look at it as a roster that's getting old and it's just holding on. Um, obviously, with Ramsey and Williams at corner, they are a, they are elite at that position. Um, but you know, they better hope that Donald can keep drawing double and triple teams because if he's not, I don't see a pass rush from this team. They brought in Ashawn Robinson, which could be a big pickup for him on the defensive line if he can get back to form of what he was at the early part of his career he'll fill that that uh, role that Michael Brockers had for them for for the last several years um, and and Joseph Day is a solid defensive line player too but again where is the outside pass rush coming from I'm not sure it's there unless Donald is just going to go Donald and get his 20 sacks and be unblockable that'll free up enough people and you got good enough corners that will keep them back into that uh, upper echelon defense, but I, I don't, I don't like this team as much as I did at the beginning of the offseason. Let's, let's just put it that way, that way. And I do not have them winning this division. All right. Uh, well, we're kind of hit and miss on this one then. So the Rams were fourth in DVOA defense last year. So they were literally one of the elite defenses, and that a lot of it is because of that secondary and because they've got the best. Defense player in football on their team. And 10th on offense in DVOA. Now, people say, oh, is Stafford really better than golf? Yes, boys and girls, he is better than golf. Because even on a terrible team, Stafford had an EPA per play of .102, and golf was a .08. Mm. So, yes, and in fact, for the last three seasons, golf ranks ahead of, or sorry, Stafford ranks ahead of golf at EPA per play, there's little doubt that it's an upgrade. And if you look at our quarterback power rankings, uh, Stafford is worth two more points per game than Jared Goff. So standalone, doesn't matter about the backup, two more points per game. If you look at their overall thing, they did not overperform last year. They finished within four one-hundredths of a point of our power rankings and of their Pythagorean theorem projection. But Vegas has them at the same win percentage expectations as last year. And that surprised me, surprised me given the upgraded quarterback and the fact they were tied for 21st worst turnover differential, which they got a good chance to get better on that, just again, because it's mostly random. And they're landing in the 65% win percentage on our power rankings going into the year, which is slight over for me on their total of 10 and a half. So I'm going to go 11-6 and six on the Rams, but I will agree with you. I don't have them winning the division, but just the upgrade from Stafford alone and the fact their defense, even though it might not be elite, it's going to be good enough. 
and their offense is going to pick up the slack. And basically, I expect them to be able to the same win team, win percentage team as last year, which is going to put them right at 11 wins. That's, I mean, I think it's kind of a carbon copy when we when we get it all unfolded. Okay, okay, I'll go with that. I'll I'll, I'll go with that. The 11 and six. Um, both Stevens, if you can tell me, if you can name one inside linebacker. For this team, I will give you five dollars right now out of my pocket. Mm, I don't think you have five dollars in your pocket, so I'm going to decline your challenge. Mm. But what I will say is, you did not mention the biggest key loss of this team, and that was my boy Josh Reynolds because he was pretty much their entire offense, and now he's gone. So I don't know. Maybe, <laughs> no. maybe they only won five games this year. Who I don't knows? Think so, but hey, on the bright <laughs> on the bright side, they did spend a second round pick on a wide receiver, I believe from Louisville, who weighs a hundred and like fifty pounds, something like that. They like him thin. They yeah. like him thin. I guess so. All right, we're going to move on to the – is this the last team? No, sorry, no. second to last team in the division. We're going to go to those San Francisco 49ers. Last year was an abject fucking disaster, 6-10. and 10. What a brutal year that was. Mm. Over, under, though, Longhorn of 10 wins this year. Vegas is expecting a big bounce back, and this is one of the teams I'm actually most anxious to hear your breakdown of. Yeah, well, this is my NFC West best bet. Give me those San Fran 49ers to win this division. I've got them at plus eight, plus one eighty. You can tell me what you what you found it at. Um, I when I dug into this roster, this this is like a, a you know armchair GM's dream. What they're doing here, they know they know how to build it the right way. They know how to do it from the trenches out. Sprinkle in some some uh, skill positions and and some um, and and things on the on the back end of the defense the right way. Just I love everything that they're doing. Four first round offensive linemen on this team and drafted Aaron Banks Aaron Banks this year, second year player out of Notre Dame. It is going to be a nasty, nasty offensive line, row grading type offensive line. Obviously with Mostert and Trey Sermon, who they drafted in the third round, I believe, out of Ohio State. Plenty of juice at running back. They, I think they signed Wayne Gallman on top of that. They've got Ayuk, Debo Samuel, Kittle at the skill positions. And the X factor for them is Jalen Hurd, who finally in his third year is healthy and ready to take that leap. This dude is a monster. He is 6'4", 225 pounds. If this dude can come in and be what he's expected to be, the receiver out of Baylor, I think they got him in the third round. I have to check that uh, several years ago. Man, what a nasty offense they're going to have for either quarterback that they have. Whoever they stick with doesn't really fucking matter. You're surrounded just like just like when Dak came in and was surrounded by a great offensive line, great skill position, great running back. Like it doesn't matter to me who's starting for this team. Just just drive the bus. Now the defense sick across the board. Bosa and Armstead on the outside. You got the pass rushers. Second year player Kinlaw in the middle. Uh, should take a big jump in his second year. Defensive tackles take a little bit sometimes to get going. And they absolutely stole Maurice Hurst from those Las Vegas Raiders. No idea where they let him go. He is an instant starter for them in the middle. Um, they have one of the best linebackers. I think his heart exploded. <laughs> no, his heart they thought was going to explode, which is why he fell to the fifth round oh, a, okay. a few years ago. He was supposed but to then it a, did explode, right? It still has not exploded. And, oh, I oh. mean, sorry. 
Plus, they have they have that baboon transplant surgery that they can <laughs> they can they can put one in there. He'll be all right. Um, they have one of the best linebackers in the game, Fred Warner. Their secondary is is you know it, it's not much changes there. You can get into some of the additions and subtractions that you have over there. Not much difference. I know I know Sherman's not there, but they brought in. Let me see. I had it pulled up here. They brought in. Oh, it's on tip of my tongue. Jason Verrett from from the Chargers. Um, so not, not not much of a drop off right there. So I freaking love this team from top to bottom. They are going to be. They are one of these Super Bowl contenders for sure. No weaknesses. What? Um, I see. I put I put the Rams at eleven and six. So give me twelve and five for these 49ers and division winners. Yeah, man. Uh, I'm really high on San Francisco too. Now this is the, like the Chargers were for the AFC. This is the data right, data wrong team of the division. So could go either way. The bad side is they returned 10 starters on an offense that was 20th in DVOA. The plus side is they returned 10 starters on defense that was 6th in DVOA. But overall, the plus side is this, like we've said, offense outweighs defense 2-1 to one, and offensive improvement, which we fully expect, despite the fact that Nick Mullins is gone, and we do all grieve the fact that Nick Mullins is gone. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> you got either Jimmy G or you got the kid. I'm kind of with you. I don't really give a shit. Just don't drive the bus into the goddamn ditch, right. and you're going to be fine. So, And if you look at Jimmy G... If he just is standing upright, he is the 13th best EPA play per quarterback for his entire career for the three years that he's played, when he's played, which is miles ahead of Stafford, who's 24th, and miles ahead of the circus midget, who is 27th in the league. So with this roster and healthy Jimmy G, our preseason power rankings and numbers are putting in the 77% win percentage bracket. I'm going to step back from that just a touch and give them 12 and 5. Okay. And that's a big if. Jimmy G can stay in the pocket like he likes to stay in that pussy, baby. Oh, So no. I like the 49ers as allegedly. well, big time, allegedly. <laughs> I don't think there's anything alleged about that one, but <laughs> maybe not. I like them big time. I mean, you look like you said up and down. They might be the best team in football. They really might be the best team in football, and I'm excited to see them play and excited to see what they're going to do this year with anybody at quarterback not named Nick McMullins or fucking uh, what was our other guy's name? Oh, God. What was that other douchebag they had there? Um, oh, fuck. Oh, Mullins fuck. I can't remember his name. And, yeah. Brethard. Bad yeah. Brethard. Bad Breath. CJ Bad Brethard. Yeah. There you go. I just don't want to see them on my TV ever again playing quarterback. Well, you, won't. So, you won't. Yeah. That'd be great. <laughs> All right. Moving on. Now we are to the last team in this division. And it's those Seattle Seahawks. 12 and 4 last year. God damn, just over, over and over again, perpetually overperform their fucking stats. They did it again last year. Their over under this year is nine and a half. Vegas obviously expecting a huge fucking step back. Longhorn, what do you got on those fucking Seahawks? That's interesting. That's interesting at nine and a half. Um, so 
This team, to me, is a tale of two sides of the ball because when I look at what they've got on offense and when I look at what they got on defense, it's like, love that? Don't love that at all down there. But uh, the the offensive line has a chance. Yeah, (laughs) sometimes. This offensive line (laughs) has has a good chance to be one of the best lines that Russell Wilson has got to play behind. They brought in Gabe Jackson, who's going to play right tackle. Uh, that should kind of set set this this offensive line up to where it needs to be. With Brandon Shaw at right tackle, he's a steady right tackle. Dwayne Brown and Damian Lewis are beasts on the left side, so they're solid over there. If Ethan Procise can actually live up to his um, second round billing, and oh my gosh, where did he? I think he was drafted out of oh. Fuck, it slipped my mind. Anyways, it, it was like one of those, Nevada. That's what it was. If he can live up to that second-round billing that he had and actually solidify that center position, then they're going to have something pretty special on the offensive line. Of course, we all know they got Metcalf and Lockett. They're steady there. And also at the with Will Disley at the tight end position. They did draft Dwayne Eskridge, who is a Tyler Lockett clone um, at wide receiver. I think he went – I think it was Western Michigan is where he played – um, so they're going to have two little Tyler Lockets out there running around and giant-ass DJ uh, DK Metcalf. So uh, love love the offense. I've got, I've got no issues over there. Now, on the defense, it's got big, big issues over here. <laughs> I do not like what I see. Uh, the defensive line, I don't know how they get a pass rush with this. Besides their safety, who is actually a defensive end, and Jamal Adams, uh, who's I mean, he's listed as safety here, but they might as well put him at DN. That's what he is. He will be their leading sack artist. He might have been last year, too. He will be again, or last year as well. He will be again. Obviously, Bobby Wagner, Jordan Brooks, uh, you know, the, the middle of that defense is, 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 their, is their, you know, best part. But around it, ugh, it's ugly. It's disgusting. Quadri Diggs is still a solid, solid player back there at safety. But, you know, it, I don't... I hate this team, but like you said, they always go over, and it's because of Russell Wilson. So he's too good for me to disrespect this roster too much. So I will put them reluctantly at ten and seven. I'd, I'd much rather do nine and eight or even eight and nine. But got too much respect for the quarterback. He's too good. He wins these close games. So I will put them at ten and seven. All right, so we're pretty much lockstep here. Uh, Seattle's been killing Vegas for three straight years. Three straight years they have went over, over, over. Only Tennessee, Kansas City, and New Orleans have matched that streak in the last four years. And I have to say, I see it repeating again. I'm with you. So they had the 16th-ranked DVOA defense. So it was right on average, you know, they get the sixth-ranked DVOA offense in the league, and the bottom line is Wilson is the third-best quarterback in the NFL in the last three seasons at EPA per play. And as long as they don't let him cook too much, which we've seen, if he asks him to cook too much, he starts burning down the damn kitchen uh, <laughs> later in the season because he gets too tired, he gets worn down, and he's a little guy. It's a lot on his fucking shoulders. But if they stay balanced, especially early, don't ask him to do too much. Like you said, he's just too good. He's too good to have a losing season. I don't think he's ever had one. 
So I definitely can't go the eight and nine route. Nine and eight's definitely possible, but I'm gonna say they continue this fucking streak and somehow, some way, pull out ten wins. Little fun fact: they had three total draft picks this year. So is that a good way to continue to build a roster, Bosevis? What do you think? No, nah, probably not. Yeah, I don't think so either. All right, recap that division. I've got San Francisco winning at 12 and 5. The Rams coming in second, 11 and 6. Seattle third, 10 and 7. And Coach Bro and the Midget bringing up the fucking rear and scooping the elephant shit at 8 and 9. Okay, and I had I had San Francisco winning the division at 12 and 5. I had the Rams behind them at 11 and 6. Had Seattle at 10 and 7. And I don't remember what I put the circus midget at. Who cares? All right. We're moving on, boys and girls. And that was all. Them wins coming to the air tonight, baby. All right, boys and girls, we hope you enjoyed that in-depth breakdown of the NFC and AFC West. But it is time for some best bets, some money-making. Longhorn, I will start. My best bet in the AFC West is those Denver Broncos under eight and a half wins. That pumpkin pie, haircutted freak of a motherfucker. Mm. He might start. It might be Bridgewater. It don't fucking matter. They're going under eight and a half wins. I see them win seven, eight at the most. Give me the under, baby. Give me Denver, and let's fucking go. Yeah, and mine were the L.A. Chargers division champs plus 450 with a little bonus bet on Herbert MVP plus 1550. All right, and my NFC West best bet actually is San Francisco over the 10 wins. I think you're getting a fucking steal here. This team, like we said, might be the best roster in football. It really don't matter who the quarterback is. They're going to fucking roll this year. It is time for Coach Shanahan to take back control of that division, and I think they do it. That's my best bet, San Francisco, over the 10 wins. Yeah, and mine was the same team, San Francisco, and I got them at plus 180 to win that division. Well, that's money made. That's info fucking given out. And boys and girls, it is so goddamn good to be back. Mm -hmm. I am so fucking pumped, baby. This is going to be our best, and I guarantee our best football season yet. And that's saying some good shit because we've had some great fucking seasons. Longhorn, tell them all about that fabulous website and everything they got to look forward to in 2021, baby. All right, you Glory Hole Seekers, that's going to wrap up another award-winning episode of the Football Glory Hole Podcast. We thank each and every one of you for tuning in. Y'all come back to the Sports Patio next week, and don't forget to subscribe and give us a five-star rating so we can pay those bills. Hit us up on any of our social medias, and don't forget to subscribe to both of our YouTube channels, the Football Glory Hole and the Degenerate with RJ Choppy. And, of course, find us this fall at the DallasCowboys.com website. We're kind of a big deal, people. We give out free picks on our website, on our podcast, and also on our social media quick hits so people stop being 
Sports Stupid, and use them all. But more importantly, sign up for those premium picks at our website so that we may become partners for life in both Cephas as always in a mostly non-sexual way. People, stop throwing away your hard-earned money on the guessing game. Let the pros do the heavy lifting. So sign up, tell a friend, and join in on the fun of watching football, drinking beer, and never pay a bookie again. Come on. God damn it, people never pay a bookie again. Steven Tyler, take us out, baby.